These are true payroll crime stories with your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Mystery at the Museum. In this payroll true crime story, we visit Chicago, Illinois, where Michael Murillo, or I like to call him Money Mike, embezzled over $2 million. Over the course of 13 years, he now faces 100 years in prison on four counts of fraud, two for bank fraud and two for wire fraud. Let's talk about how he did this and what we can learn from it. All right, folks, we have a special show this week for you. We're going to dabble in a little payroll true crime. Nice, man. I'm excited for this, Ryan. Yeah, it's man. been really a lot of fun to research for y'all. We found this case and we talked about this case a few, I don't know, a few episodes back. We mentioned yeah. it and it just sparked something in us. And it was so interesting. We found so many other cases of payroll people defrauding their companies. And this mm. is just like, you know, these are the bad apples of the bunch. These are, this is what not to do. So yeah, we're going to talk about these cases. This one in particular, we'll start it off. And what we've done for you guys, we've broke it down into crimes and solutions. Yeah. So solutions meaning what the, from a business standpoint, employer standpoint, what you can do to prevent this from happening, how to keep your people honest and keep them in check. Right? Yes, exactly. Right. So all of this, it sparked an amazing exercise that me and Walt went through to really break down all the charges, what this person did for their crimes and mm. how they defrauded it. And then what we did was we, we tried to think of the solutions for it. Like, all right, how do you catch this in payroll? Yeah. Right. Like, cause ultimately we, and we've been thinking about doing this pot, this particular show format for a, a few weeks now, probably a month or so. Yeah. And just thinking of it, I, I was like, wait a minute, you know, it's, it's really going to turn out to be a lot of audit reconciliation and data set comparison recommendations that come from this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of solutions to how to find it. And I was like, well, you know what? That's how we'll kind of be different about this. At the end of the day, it's fun to do the payroll true crime, but we're also going to, again, we do this for payroll people. So yeah. we're going to leave you with what the solutions are to look at in your data to police for these things and certain, whatever errors or whatever things that we find in these cases. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we want to hear back from you as well to in case you there's any other mm -hmm. audits you could think of or yes. any other ideas that you have that you think could assist in yes. catching these things or preventing these things from happening. Absolutely, because yeah. payroll is definitely one of those things where there's many ways to the to, to complete and solve something. Yes, and they're all fine. You know what I mean. So yeah, so I think you know without further ado, let's get into this particular case. It's the United States of America versus Michael Marullo. Morello, and he is being charged for two counts of bank fraud, two counts of wire fraud. Mm -hmm. And those counts, he's facing up to 100 years in prison. Oh, my God. <laughs> if convicted, we don't think he's convicted yet. But this is a really fresh case that we found, um, that Walt found, really. And it's so, it's, he's, I think he's still waiting trial. We haven't found any follow-up information about conviction yet. So he, you know, we were just kind of like speculating, is he out on bail? Is he being held? Like, ooh. but he's facing hundred years in prison and he did this over 13 years for, 
you go ahead and tell them how much, Walt. <laughs> the, the total amount yes. is, over two, is over $2 million. So the exact amount is $2,308,772. That we can find over can 13 find. years that yeah, they could find. And this case, he, they actually refer back to 2020, but it's like we're thinking about the get the year gaps and we're like, wow, they must have had to put this case together. I, clearly, they had to get the evidence together to convict this person right, or to indict him and arrest him. The conviction comes later after trial yeah. or unless he cops the plea and then just makes a deal or whatever. That could be what they're trying to figure out. And we're just, I'm just fascinated about this and I'm uh, keep updated we're gonna look into it a little bit more and see yeah. if we can find out when he gets convicted i'd love to know the man's story like what drove this person yes. to do this right yes. over 13 and you would think family stuff like that but you never know you know who knows yeah. the reason why there was a few counts is he did like different he did like nine thousand the first time and looks like maybe that was a low amount and then after that he did big amounts 60 yeah yep thousand fifty three thousand dollars and the straight wire transactions from yeah. get this from his from their bank to his bank like directly mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so That's and okay so bad. let's break it down right so let's break it down what's the first the first one and yeah okay so the first one is he made pto termination payouts that were direct deposited into his personal account so he made pto payouts to employees that never accrued any time off at all or he made additional payouts to employees that had previously been paid out already. Uh -huh. So that that was one of the first things that he did. So, okay. Yeah. Got that, it. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, yeah, he so you get that right, folks. People terminated employees. And then we often some depending on the company, they pay out the PTO in California. It's the law. In some other states, there's a handful of states that it's the law that you have to pay out PTO. Um, upon termination, but yeah. some companies have it as their policy anyway. So that's what he was taking advantage of on terminated employees. Yeah. Now, what the indictment says, like, defines very clearly, and they basically established the bank fraud and the wire fraud, yeah. right? He used, what he did was he was changing the employee's direct deposit numbers. And that, is that coming this somewhere? Did I, yeah. Am I jumping ahead? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I only, I only say it because he used this method pretty much in the, in everything he did, right? At yeah. the end of the day, at, no matter how he was trying to flip it in the system or flip it in the batch, he ended he no matter what, he was always changing their direct deposit number to get that money into his in his account. Yeah, so he either changed it on the employee side or he changed it on the company side to his account. Right, yeah. right. Okay, okay. So then in number two, right, they... they Two, uh, what was it? Two and four. They list them separately, but it ends yeah. up being negative deductions, right? For different things. One was life insurance, and one was tuition reimbursement. Yeah, that's and great. yeah, so he he's using these negative deductions mm. in in employees' checks or terminated. He's he also did negative deductions with tax withholdings. Yes, man. Huge red flag. Why? Why do you say that? Because. Because now you're messing with the government and that's, you're messing with the Fed. Like now you got the FBI involved and FBI were involved in this case. They are yeah. like, this is federal charges. Yep. And that the moment you make the, do the tax thing, 
boom, you are now hitting federal charges for sure. Yeah, man. Right? I think the bank fraud and the wire fraud got him there anyway, but the tax withholdings, you messing around with the government's money, oh, they definitely Yeah. So he they use these he used these different methods to 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 basically just move money around and again he changed employees banking to his personal account and then switched it back he switched it back after he did the payment so this guy was doing the most yeah like he was putting in so much effort yes over a 13-year period like oh my gosh man like what the heck so oh Wait. and and that that two million, if you're wondering, came mm-hmm. down came out to about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year extra. Yeah. yeah. So it was very significant. You're talking about that's tax. That's 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 net. Mm-hmm. That's net. That's not gross, and you're getting taxed on this. No, he's stealing money. So there's no deductions out of it. He mm-hmm. had cash. So that's like making two hundred and something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On top of whatever he was making on his job. Yep, absolutely. You know, he probably had a decent, you know, 50 to 60, you know, 50, 50 to 100,000. It was not for profit. So who knows? You know, the money's not always high, not for profits. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's making a decent living. And then he killed it with this. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it was well worth it for him to do all this work. That was my point. Let's keep that. And then, so what else is he? Number James, six. Number six. He, yeah. Reverse transactions in the organization's payroll system. So the payments would appear. It, not, this is not getting the money, but it's still fraudulent behavior. So it's still a crime, right? And so in the payroll system, you make a transaction and then he went and tried to, like voiding a check, basically. Yep. He tried to void all these payments that he did, void mm-hmm. the checks. All the transactions, the, yep. the negative yeah. deductions, the payments, all these things. That means you, you were going in there and void it out. Too much, way yeah. too much. And then seven, he edited and altered reporting to conceal information regarding funds he misappropriated. Same thing, six and seven, kind of the same. Yeah. But he went as not, he, he, he's like not only just voiding the transactions, he's like trying to wipe out the employee profiles. He's yep. changing names. He's changing addresses. He's doing the most. He's trying to get rid of his footprints, right? He, and yes. the system likes, okay, if I get right. into this, and get, but there's, that's the thing. There's always an audit trail in the, most yeah. of these Well, systems. we'll it's talk right. about that. We'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So, and then the the eight, and then I jumped ahead. Sorry, guys, but like I jumped ahead. So the eighth one is that we listed out like he was basically he was doing all these little things, but something somewhere along the line he got bold and was like, "Wait a minute!" He discovered a wire, right? I, in my mind, he like discovered this wire function, right? Because even yeah. as a payroll person, for me, wires didn't come right away. It came like. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned about it because it came up as a necessity because it was a solution for like an emergency situation. Like, you know, and it was something that the controller or the CFO would step in and say, hey, we need to send a wire because of this payroll problem. You know, it escalated prompt. Brian, do this. And you learn that, oh, crap, you can move money on a wire. Yeah. Right. It's not ideal because now you have to create a manual transaction. You have to record the transaction still. You know, it's outside, you know. So that's what he realized. So he, so anywho, he wired, we'll talk about that later, the, the solution later. Um, but he wired in four different accounts. I mean, four different instances, four different times. And, he, yeah. and it looks like he started, it looks like he started out low. Let me, let me just test it out. Let me just, let me just, <laughs> let me see. And, but the yeah. second time he went up to six, 2000, almost $63,000. One, one time. 
Like, uh, can you imagine? And then 30, 30, almost 36,000. And these amounts are weird too, right? It's 36. Well, he probably made it, try to make it look like it was normal business, right? Because if you round it out, it looks too, too obvious. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. what's this $65,000 thing? Mm-hmm. So whatever, he was trying to be clever. Yeah. Um, and then a 35,000 and then 53,000 was the last one. Yep. So he, for, you know, he got bold and he's, he needed something, something happened in his life. So this is like, I'm so curious to see what drove this over 13 years, you know, to keep doing it. And of course, if you don't get caught, you get, keep get bold, bold, like, Hey, I'm going to do it. And what they say in the, the indictment and the, the article is that, uh, it was one question in 2020 that basically unraveled all of this. Yep. One question. Trollax about one payment and he lied about it. He panicked and was like, oh, it's a payroll test. I'm assuming he panicked, right? And just, mm-hmm. oh, it's payroll testing. We were payroll testing. Da, 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 da. And then he ran back and tried to delete all of that and undo mm-hmm. all of it. Because if it's testing, then you should leave it, right? It's, it's something that you can flag and mark and it didn't do any, no money move. Right? I say that all the time. Did any money move? Okay, great. Then it's very fixable if the money hasn't moved. Right. It's just a transaction that you need to fix. It's a, yep. it's, it's right. It's just math or something, whatever it's. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so basically that is what is, is I'm assuming is what did it like that really the fact that he lied about that. Mm-hmm. She, he or she, our controller is a she. So I, I, I'm calling her a she, um, but um, he or she, their controller, whatever unraveled it. And I guess, you know, from there just probably I was looking more and more and put this whole story together. Yeah. Uh, and once you start, once you have a thread to pull on, then you know where to pull, right? And you know where to look for in all this. Yeah. So let's, so let's talk about these, the solutions for these crimes that he committed and how employers or managers can help prevent some of these things from happening or find some of these things that may be currently happening right oh, now. Oh gosh, I hope. Not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But any, you're right. You should. So again, these solutions, we should build these into our quarterly, you know, you can do quarterly, you can do biannual, you can do annual sometimes depending on what it is. But, you know, if you don't do them now, you probably want to do a bunch of them to get just out the gate yeah, and just get a good baseline. Like, all right, nothing's going on. So yeah. So anywho, these are, and a lot of times, like I tell folks in payroll, you know, they, oh, well, what do you audit for? What do you look for? I'm like, well, there's some, there's some things to look for, of course, mm-hmm. but we look for what the company suffers from, right? If the company has an issue here, that's what we look for. That's what we try to, to so every, every company has its own issues and nuances. So that's kind of what you look for, for the most part, mm-hmm. of course, there's some baselines, right? And I think that's what we want to talk about in another show is like best practice. Yeah. No matter what you look for, this should be on your list, right? Absolutely, yeah. So these are some of the things that just came as a result of this particular case and these crimes. Okay, so let's so, talk about it. So for the first crime, the PTO termination payouts, the yep. we had we came up with three different solutions. Yep. For for these, so number one, uh, conduct a manager review of budget or labor cost. Yes. So. What we mean is you'll see it if you're a manager of a team, you have four people on your team, you know, kind of know where your PTO is fluctuating. You, if you see your budget in detail, right? Hey, last month, your team used this many regular hours and this many PTO hours. But if you know, wait a minute, 
nobody went on PTO last month. Mm-hmm. Why do I have 100 hours of PTO here? Boom. There's your red flag, right? As yeah. a manager, you need to pull on that because that is what he was doing. He was paying PTO out to terminated employees of that either, again, didn't have any accrued or had already been paid. Yeah. So if you're a manager looking at your budget, it could be, it's not the only one. And that's why we have other solutions. And what, what's the next one? Uh, compare data sets, PTO balances versus pay hit history. And we have a note about a uh, higher level review here. Yes. So yeah, because at the higher level review comes in like the same person. See now, Michael Marullo couldn't have done money. Mike over here couldn't have done that himself meaning he shouldn't be the one to run that report in that in this data set comparison because he's the one doing the grind. So let me ask you this, let me just a quick note in here, right? Of course. When, if there's a corporation or an establishment that payroll seems to operate in a silo, because it seems like that's what Michael was doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Operating in a silo. No. How, yes. What could have been done in this case? Because is that a structuring issue? The no, it's just some appointing somebody to keep him honest, right? Uh, Trust, but verify. Yes, sir. Those famous words. So, yeah. So just, yeah, I trust my people, but I peek behind in the system to see what everybody's doing. And I, I'm, honestly, I do it to protect my people. Like, hey, let me make sure they're not messing up and yes. doing some stupid stuff in here that looks stupid. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm trusting you, but I also have to keep the integrity of the data set to a high standard. So. Yeah. You need a higher level review in our dynamic to right now, we get to validate each other's data and make sure, Hey, you're doing the right thing. Oh, wait, make sure you're doing right. Anyway, yep. it's yep. a second set of eyes. So it should be a supervisor over this guy's a payroll manager, right? It's a small shop. Mm-hmm. If they have a controller, that controller should have been pulling certain reports, high level review mm-hmm. every now and then to make sure things are going good. Yeah, that's why it's important sometimes, right, to have reporting outside of payroll in some cases. Absolutely. Right? Especially with payroll, you need checks and balances. Yeah. Somebody's got to be reviewing every, the work there. So this report, this compared data set is PTO balances because somewhere these PTO balances exist by employee, right? So yeah. you can get a list of those and then you compare it to the pay history. So if you're doing it monthly, yeah. same thing on the manager review of the budget labor, like, okay, we have. 10 people that terminated last month, they had a balance total of $1,500, but now I should only see $1,500 of paid PTO paid out to these terminated employees, mm-hmm. right? So, and then you could even go break it down even further through the active and all that, have this list. But that is how you would have caught this because the person would have said, wait a minute, no, 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 there's only $1,500 to be paid out, but $1,600 went out. Payroll history is non-fungible. <laughs> Once that record has been created, you can't change it. Yeah. And and we'll talk about in another audit where another place is that it can't be changed, right? Absolutely. So that's what, okay, so the next one. The next one for number one, the last one. The last one. PTO accrual comparison, actual versus accrual. Accrual. Same thing. We're looking at that terminated payout balance, right? Mm-hmm. But this one is probably coming from your accounting team, again, controller. There, most companies will accrue for PTO as well mm-hmm. uh, for their employees because they need to project that liability. 
right? They need to, yeah, your system has um, X amount of PTO balance today, but mm -hmm. the accounting team is worried about also how much PTO we're going to pay out next month, the next month, the next month, and the next month. Mm -hmm. So yep. with that being said, they're tracking this, right? They may have a track. They may have it. It depends. I'm not saying if, but if you have, if they are, then they can be another line of defense in this policing in this of data, right? Yeah. And that's where they would be able to catch it. They would look at actual first accrual and they would see something off yeah. and they would pull, like, I remember one of my account that I, payroll account, well, she wasn't on payroll account, but um, when I first learned payroll, she, she was amazing. I used to call her annoyingly efficient, yeah. but she was amazing and a sweetheart of a person, but still just shout out to Jali. You ever hear this? And she's just amazing account and really pulled those threads like, hey, I see this is off on this account. And yeah. sure enough, I probably did a transaction. I would find, oh, yeah, it's this, it's that. Oh, thanks, because I forgot to put the manual thing in to offset it. That's what keeps the team honest. So, anywho, let's go to the next one. So, the next one is the next is for numbers two and four, which is the negative deductions, the Got tuition, and then the benefits, stuff like that. So, the first solution would be to compare data sets, the benefits database versus payroll history. Yes. Okay. So remember guys, this is the crime that he did here was he used that life insurance, negative deduction, life insurance, and a negative deduction, tuition reimbursement, whatever. But again, these amounts live somewhere else on a list, right? Your benefits team is managing this list and saying, Hey, next month, these employees get this amount taken. Mm -hmm. So th for that life insurance, there's going to be a control number, meaning that number is what should come out next month. And it's, you know, anticipated. Here's the number. We know it for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Payroll history is going to show, it should show the same number. We say, right. So that benefit list that somebody's managing out because, hey, here are my employees that are taking advantage of this benefit. Somebody is managing list. I promise you. Mm -hmm. And then your payroll history is going to shoot out the, is going to record the transactions of all the paychecks you cut. So he's messing around in people's paychecks on negative deductions on the life insurance and on the, um, the tuition reimbursement. Yep. So it's going to come out. This is a straight comparison of two data sets. You will get an outlier. You will get a delta when these two points are compared. They yep. should be the same and they're not going to be okay. Yep. So that's how you would catch these type things. And if you're looking in, and it's, even if you're looking, even if he's wiped, if he's tried to delete and undo these things, mm -hmm. you will still be able to find it. Yep. Okay. All right. So Thanks. moving on to the next one, it is the negative tax deductions, right? So yeah. The first solution we have is the, to verify FICA globally. And you want to, cause when you do this, you want to consider that if you have any high earners, if he, if some of the people that he, you, he did the deductions on the tax deductions on were high earners, well, you may have to consider the cap limit for some of those or whatever. Yes. Social security. For Medicare. social security, Medicare. Yeah. yeah social so, security. Yeah. So just to call it out, right. Social mm -hmm. security, they're hit a cap on what mm -hmm. deducted. So you got to factor that in. And, but on Medicare, they will break a threshold where they start additionally getting more money. So That's those it. are the two things that Walt was talking about that you have to keep that in mind in this comparison. Yeah. 
And then the next one, the next solution that we said is again, comparing data sets. This can be the statement of deposits, your payroll history, your GLs, or your 941s versus the bank. Yes. That's where the money's at. So this is a really good one. So three, what did he do again for this one? Three we have as, oh, negative tax withholdings. Yes. So the, and just to go back to what what was saying on the verify FICA globally, meaning FICA is a set count. It's a set percentage. So if someone's messing around in there, it's going to jump out in the FICA calc, mm-hmm. in the FICA check, because it's a set. If you tell me how much you grossed, I'm going to do a number. It's right. It's 6.2% for Social Security, mm-hmm. double it for EE and ER, and then it's 1.45% for Medicare, double it for EER, right? So I'm, I'm going to know right away what your FICA looks like. Now, if you show yeah. me your high earners, where we're at with their year to date, I'm also going to be able to break that number down and I can tell you to the penny or within pennies exactly what your FICA should be. So if you're messing around with my FICA, it's going to jump out right there. Okay. That's what Walt is saying with that verify FICA. Now with the comparing data sets, let's see. We statement of deposits, payroll history, or 941 versus the bank. So I think think what we said here is that that money went out from the bank. Yes. Right? So yes. no matter what oh. the process he did, no matter, yeah. right? Yes. The bank is going to be true. Yes. Thank you, right? sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. The bank is not going to lie. He can't undo the bank. And that's what I was saying. That's a payroll record that your payroll people can't touch. Mm-hmm. We cannot touch the bank. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't undo the information that came out of the bank. Now it's hard to reconcile because the bank doesn't know by employee. Right. But the bank had a withdrawal. If you, if you have it somewhat set up somewhat decently, you could at least tell that, okay, when I ran my last payroll, it was a hundred thousand dollars all in. And that's mm-hmm. what came out of the bank. Yep. Right. But if he's messing with the payroll records, it looks like something else. When I look back on that time. It's going to, it's not going to be a hundred thousand dollars. It's going to be whatever the heck he did there. Mm-hmm. Plus or minus in that hundred thousand dollar mark. Right. So yeah. you're going to be off. You're going to see a bank a hundred thousand. And, and now you have to tick and tie by person. Now the investigation, the investigative part comes in because, because it's from the bank only it's harder because you don't have the details at the front, at the bank level. It's just mm-hmm. a lump sum amount coming out of your account. Yeah. Right. So this is actually a great call out for owners, owners being that we're fresh off that and fresh kind of in that season still mm-hmm. to manage their payroll accounts separate from their operating accounts. So a lot of setup is that way, right? Your payroll, your money for payroll comes out of one account and it's exclusive to payroll yeah. so that, you know, beyond anything that that's only payroll activity money. So, this, so it makes it a little easier to do these data set comparisons if and when these things were come up. Because if it's colluded with, if it's mixed in with everything, then you don't know what happened that day. It could be $100,000 to a vendor that we had to pay. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's just, I mean, even though there's record on that, but you got then you got to do more separating on that side. So what, it just makes it harder, right? Yeah. So that's a great call out for this one. It's it, and I, I feel like we mentioned again later, yeah. But right, the bank because you yeah. can't change the bank. So if this guy's 
whoever is changing all that crap in the system, the bank cannot be changed. All right, cool. So, all right. No, so the next one, no, you're good. So the next one is that solutions for number five, when he changed the employee banking to his own personal account and then reverted it back. So we have two solutions for those, right? So the first one is to compare direct deposit account numbers within the same database. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is to check account numbers with between the pay system and the ACH file. Yes. So this one made me really like, I, I got excited with this one. Cause again, it was really fun to figure out where I love playing Sherlock Holmes with payroll, right? I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan and I love doing it, whatever. So the, within this, so, okay. So let's go back to what he was doing. He was changing it bef before and after the transactions that he was making. Yep. Right. So if he wasn't doing that, the, within the same data system would help. Within the same data set, you would find probably duplicates. Yeah. Right? If he's changing people's direct deposit to match his, he, you're going to find duplicates. Yeah. And guess what? I, you, some of you might say, well, why doesn't the system tell us that give us a red flag for duplicates? Because think about it. You could have a married couple that works there that uses the same account. Mm -hmm. So you have to allow duplicates now in a smarter system, though, there should be an alert, yeah. right? Maybe we can add, and that could be the RFP that we go out and we ask our systems, Hey, we want an alert when we're entering a duplicate. We want to be told this is a duplicate direct deposit. And here's the other employee that has it, or here's the list of them mm -hmm. without that, you can just compare, right? You pull up everybody, you try to get all your lists and you, if it's in Excel, you just show duplicates. Boom. Done. So let me ask you a question, Brian. Sure. 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 Could the Nacha file be used? So that that's helping? the, that's the next one. That's the check it between different databases. Mm -hmm. So now what he see, that's the catch. Thank you. Well, that is the catch what he's doing. He's going in and changing it back and forth so that you don't find it when you compare within the data set. Yep. You won't find it because when you go back, he's changed it all already, right? You would have to, you would have to catch him such in a good timing. Mm. You have to do it every day to catch him. Yep. Okay. So your point right there, you now to catch what he's done, you have to compare your data set to the NACHA file, the mm -hmm. bank file mm -hmm. that the bank establishes and sends out because the bank needs to know, right? Hey, you're giving me a hundred thousand dollars to pay a thousand people. So how do I do this? Yeah. Right. They need a file that breaks that money down by employee, but it's by their bank account number. Cause that's all mm -hmm. the bank wants, right? The yeah. bank doesn't care about all that other information. They literally just want the bank number, the routing number and yeah. the bank account number. Yep. Right. That's how we get paid direct deposit. Yep. So that's all that's on file. Yep. So what you would do is compare it and that right there. That nailed him right there. That definitely was what nailed him. Yeah. And there's some systems now, nowadays, some of the big boy systems, when you make a change on an employee level to their profile, oh, the, employee, so you said the employee gets an alert, right? Oops. So that could be, so if the employee gets that alert and they notice it, as if you're an employee and you get that notice and you didn't change it in the system, that should be red alert for you to reach out to an HR professional, payroll professional, somebody. Yes. Corporate level, whoever is responsible for these changes and go ask them and say, Hey, somebody went in there and changed it. I didn't do it. Yep. Yep. That's it. And I'm so glad you said that. Cause I just recently changed something on one of my splits 
Mm-hmm. And um, I immediately, as soon as I hit save, I boom, I got a text and an email and everything. Your your direct deposit information was just changed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's so if you have that type of system, it's awesome. This guy was de- definitely dealing with a low tech solution stack. Uh, just straight no oversight. Yep. To that point, you there is a notch of file. It may be hard to get. You may have to ask bank account for bank system for that. But either way, you want that in CSV, right? You want that in an Excel file so you can compare it to your data set of employees' bank account information. And then you would have found that multiple employees that day got this and paid to the same account. Absolutely. And that's what he was doing. He was changing the bank director. No matter how he did it in the batch on the pay stub, it all ended up in his direct deposit in his bank yeah. account yeah. via that part. And then that's why he's charged separately because they make a point in, his, in the indictment to define direct deposit, to define what he did and all the fraud. That bank fraud, wire fraud. Yeah. So, but great call out. And that's exactly how you would find either fraudulent behavior, again, in, yeah. within the same data, data set or comparing the two data sets, the second one being the Nacha file. Awesome, man. So number six, this is the reverse transactions. When he reversed different transactions in the payroll systems, payment did not appear as taxable, right? So I, we had originally had one for number six, but I kind of tied the second one for number seven to number six as well. Okay. So the first one would be compare data sets so basically payroll history versus bank records. So bank records it. Yep. The bank again. Yeah. Because as we said, the bank will always remain true. Yep. And uh, number six, we, there's always going to be an audit trail. So no matter what he does in the system, there's going to be an audit trail should, on some level. Should always be. Okay. on what kind of should. system. Okay. Yes. No, I, I'm accounting for that. Maybe there's some archaic system somebody might be using out there that doesn't have an audit trail report. True. Folks, if you have that system. Just one, let me know what that is so we can tell everybody to stay away from it. <laughs> and then please beg and plead and let them listen to this episode. Like you have to make an investment mm-hmm. that whatever payroll system you're using, whatever, let me rephrase, wherever you're holding your employee data, your pay wages, your rate rates and wage and tax and all that information, that profile that builds your payroll, because let me quote our colleague, Anita Latink. Let, let Tank, I hope I pronounced it right, Anita, in her book, How to Select Your Next Payroll, The Ultimate Guide, an amazing quote, the amazing statement. Payroll starts the moment employee data is entered or changed in the HR solution. Okay, let that sink in again. Payroll starts the moment employee data is entered or changed in the HR solution. Okay, so just that's what you want to audit. Your benefit changes, your direct deposit information. You want to be able to audit any of that information that's in that profile. If your system doesn't do that, man, please, let's, I'll help you. You know what I mean? You guys need, right? We all need a system that we can run an audit trail report out of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So that's why he's, you know, what was saying it like matter of fact, but we need to discount for the fact that maybe there's a place not, in the system that guys Correct. don't have an order trail. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Thank you, sir. So number seven, as I stated, we only had the one uh, resolution or solution for this one. But number seven was what he edited and altered report. Yes. 
So somebody asked him for an audit. Somebody asked him for a report on something that happened before he sent it to them or delivered that report. He edited the information and fudged it, mm-hmm. as, as we say, and created false looking data, yeah. right? To try to cover his tracks. So for number seven, we'll only put the one, the audit trail and the payroll system. So what else could you we could, do? You could, you, that would require, I don't know. You gotta, again, trust, but validate, right? If I'm, if I'm in the habit of running my own reports, of course, mm-hmm. but even if I get, when we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the point where somebody's delivering me a report mm-hmm. that I have to depend on. Yeah. I'm going to validate that report. Yes. You so, know what I mean? Yeah. I had a CFO and a past employer. He, he was known for asking two people in the same department to run the same report. Oh, wow. Yes. To compare, wow. to compare data sets. Like, so to compare what this one person was giving him uh-huh. versus what another person was giving him. Huh. Right. And so he said it was just to keep things honest. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, you can, yeah, that's a way. Yeah. It's a way. What else we got? And then the last one, it's not really a solution. It's more so we just wanted to speak to the, 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 the amount per account, which we kind of spoke to already at the beginning. So I don't know if you want to rehash that or. Oh, no. I mean, well, we got to call out here. It could have been um, caught in a bank versus his payroll history audit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's looking at the bank, it's a pretty easy eyeball too. If somebody's looking at the output at the bank account and the output of payroll, they shouldn't. In this case, they wouldn't have. He pulled in one in any one case more than ten thousand dollars at one time out of the payroll account. Yeah. So again, if you're looking at what went out in payroll and you're comparing it to what went out in those history. Yeah. Right. The actual pay history reporting, then you'll see it was 10, or 10, 60, 50, $35,000 more out of the bank than what was paid in payroll. So yeah. that's, that should have been an easy eyeball. Like who, you know, somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, you're right. It should have been an easy eyeball, but he was probably, like you said, he was probably lying because the indictment, it did state that the account that the bank account that the company had his personal account was the same bank uh, so my point for saying that is that he probably covered his tracks because oh look yeah it's uh this bank account is the same or the router number is the same so he probably whoever was had oversight probably didn't question it because oh yeah it's, it's this account it's or maybe bank. like you said he changed some info yeah mm-hmm yeah. So not only am I curious about this guy's life and why he did it, I would love to hear the museums or this organization's story of why, how it happened for 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. Like, folks, that is. And this is in the digital age. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because it was, it happened after 2000. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad, but it seems like egregious negligence on the oversight. And, and if I'm wrong, please reach out and just correct me. I'd love to hear you can be on the show. We'd love to talk to you. Anybody involved in this case, as we continue to research a little bit more and yeah, we'll give you an update on this, hopefully on the next time we do the true crime payroll, we had a lot of fun prepping for it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great prepping for it. So, and then, share, so. share your thoughts. We want to hear back from you on this yeah. episode to see 
what your thoughts are, you know, was it informative? Did it make you think about things to potentially look out for any pitfalls that, um, you know, are you operating in a silo? Is your payroll department operating in a silo? Is your accounting or finance department operating in a silo? Like these are different things, like people who have this level of influence, like this payroll manager in this case, yeah, you need to examine how you have things structured and are you keeping them honest and yourselves honest? Yep. You know, one of the great quotes and statements and things that I kind of think about in payroll a lot is power corrupts absolutely. Yep. And that's this person had absolute power over his payroll and he was corrupted by it, period. You know, and now he's going to most likely, he's 56 years old, by the way. Um, We didn't throw that out. Yeah, sorry. We'll give you a little nuggets here. It's in Chicago. Again, we don't know if he was convicted yet. He's facing up to a hundred years in prison. Um, this power just corrupted this to the tune of two point three million dollars, probably two point five million over thirteen years. Jeez, man! It, you know, I, again, fifty six, man. He's young. He's a young man still, and he's most likely going to spend the rest of his life in prison. You know what I mean? Or, or definitely his whatever good years he has left. Yeah. I mean, it's not worth it, right? It's no. definitely worth it on the payroll front to be, to, to do this, you know, and, and it's, it, it would, it will, ne- you will never be able to fraud enough to make this worth it. Never. You know what I mean? And in this day and age, like, please, you can make a million dollars on YouTube. Like, go, you got a better chance doing, <laughs> than successfully frauding your company. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then, and again, it just makes it bad for payroll people because you need to be trustworthy in payroll you have to be trans radical transparency radical honesty in payroll is required um so you know uh, it maddens me these cases you know but it is few and far apart thank god because for the most part people audit and people have oversight yeah. over their payrolls and constantly ask questions and things like that that's why i never get mad when i get asked a question it's an opportunity for me to deliver you know that's all it is for me and if something's wrong like hey i want to fix it yeah, you know. absolutely. And a lot of these systems nowadays, um, especially the big boys in the payroll world, they, uh, they have the audit trails that they have. It shows down to the person yes. who made the change, right? Absolutely. Yep. The so moment they made it. Is, is it, are these reports, are these tools, these resources being utilized? Yes. That's the key point, right? Leverage technology. Yeah. Leverage your technology. As a good payroll person, you should be able to leverage building solutions and le- leveraging your technology. Yep. Right. And if you're not, hang on, guys. We're going to teach you how. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah. More to come, man. I hope, again, hopefully you, you like this episode. Again, we had a ton of fun prepping for it. And yeah, that's about it, right? It's a wrap. Yes, sir. It's a wrap, man. We love you guys. Thank you so much. See you next time. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next payroll true crime. Word. These are true payroll crime stories with your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III.